Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? We're the podcasting equivalent of blisters when you're wearing brand new shoes. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm 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 doing nice. As you were saying, we were kind of preambling before we hit hit record here. Um, You were commenting on the state of the weather in the morning and the presence of tea, or in my case, a big, big cafeteria of coffee. It just feels quite nice, doesn't it? Yeah, quite cosy. I like it when it rains outside. Sorry, yeah. my voice is a little bit short today. Does it sound different? It sounds a little bit. It it almost sounds it's, it almost sounds like you've been screaming at some kind of sporting event yeah. or something. I was um I we I I, I was, so I was saying to you before. So great, I had a great day yesterday. I was I was we play in a kind of um like a sort of try tag thing. I'm, I'm sure you know it, um sort of league thing. It's good fun. Um and they have the rugby. Big, rugby, yeah, try to have rugby. Yeah. And they have big events yesterday and it was it was such a great day. We as in like we got up about um no, I was up about nine ish into the into the field about sort of like quarter past half nine and it was pissing it down with rain, horrible morning and we were all a bit like, oh and it was but then the, the clouds, you know, parted and it was a beautiful beautiful like autumnal day hundreds mm-hmm. of people sports everywhere we played like a multitude of different game games of um, rugby about fifth, i think it was like six or so games that we ended up playing they were quite short games um but my god you, you where i'm getting old like that was yeah. today yesterday was the first day where i finished and i was like i'm getting old my body is getting I, th- that that phase of it's done and and there's a couple of past moments. Prime. I'm past it, man. I'm done because we did that right. <laughs> we did, and it was great. And then I came home and watched the Scotland game, uh, Scotland Tonga game, and then we went out again because I uh, one of the guys in our team, our captain, captain, he hosted, um, like like some drinks, Halloween drinks. And I woke up this morning and I basically just like thrown my body through all of it because I'm hungover, aching. Yeah. I also yeah. oh. Went to went to kick the ball yesterday, Alex, in mid play. Right, meant to kick yeah. the ball, D- kicked, but my knee basically just went bloop, like Ooh. a proper hyperextension, which Ooh. is just the. And you know me with knees, mate. You know I I have oh, a, yeah. a sensitive disposition when it yeah, comes yeah, yeah. to oh, but um, but it was good. It was good. Um, but hey, enough about that. How was how were you? You've been away. I was good. Yeah. Well, my my morning yesterday it was spent walking. Um, through the pissing down rain yeah. about 8am it was yeah. like absolutely heaving it out. down it was, about. it was bad yeah it was really bad and I, I was i was out on my way to get my my day two travel test back because i arrived back from poland on friday night Why spent didn't they just a... po- did they not post it to you what do they not just post it to you? we were we were disorganized we didn't book it before we left so i had to go to an in-clinic one oh. I mean, my own error, my, my, my own error, but um, uh, they, they're doing, you can do it with just lateral flow tests now, you don't have to oh, get a full great. PCR test, so it wasn't like ridiculously expensive. Is it, is it free? I was going to say, is it expensive? No, it's not free, it was about 25 quid or no, something like that. Same, same as the order, yeah, perfect, yeah, no worries. Yeah, so it was alright. Um, but yeah, I got super, I got super, super soaked, but I had a great time in Poland, a nice week, week away, it was hmm. fantastic. Yes, very nice, very nice. Yes, for half term. Now we're back to the grind. We are, we are back grinding away, and you know n- nothing more than the other thing I got. Um, I don't know if I've told you about this one. I've had the second puncture in my bike tire, um, since this. I think it's this week. No, in two two weeks, really? two punctures. 
do you know you you talking of grind like i was cycling along for a while and didn't realize that it was going flat oh and, and then it just went down and I, and I come outside and i'm like not again there's nothing worse than taking your bike out and then you know getting ready in the morning to go go away and you realize there's just some shit in the tire somewhere like london's yeah. filthy to cycle a bike through yeah yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah you only realize how much broken glass there is until you're on a bike and you're like you're <laughs> really like avoiding and just like just slashing your tires up oh mate it's it was oh. so it was so bad so i but yesterday was just one of those days where it was just like oh i'm just gonna have to get that sorted i was up till half one on friday night trying to go you'll love this right so I had to get a puncture repair kit on the way to the cinema right. on Friday night. Okay? okay. So I'm like walking through, found the glue, found it all, got it sorted, bought a pump, right? What Got to the cinema, sat down to watch the movie, had the pump, the bike repair kit in my bag. Yeah. Just before the movie starts, somebody gets up to walk past me to go to the bathroom. Instantly, they stand on my bag and break my new pump. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but the thing is, right? Uh, like, it's one of these ones where I think I would have challenged the guy had I known what he'd done because I only found out. And yeah, because you, you wouldn't have known. No, I didn't know. But it's like, what do you say to a bloke? You're like, hey, mate, you, you just stood on my new bike pump. He'd be like, why the <laughs> fuck have you got a bike pump at the cinema? <laughs> It's a conversation starter. It is a conversation starter, yeah, exactly. But it was, um, but like the movie had started. Oh man, it was difficult. Oh, here he bloody goes. Ceremonial, ceremonial pouring of the first coffee. I do apologise. A lot of steam coming up over there. That's very nice. Is that you thinking? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's going, going into overdrive. How can you drink that? That's got steam coming off of it. I've got to wait till it's tepid and. Oh. To be fair, because I can see, I, I can see what you can see. Yeah. And I think the steam is—you can see it much more on the camera than you can in real life. Right. It's one of those one of those situations. You've got a cold flat. So <laughs> it's a relatively cold flat. Yeah. I've got the ho- I've got the hoodie on. I've put I put the put the heating on for a blast. I might I might might get up to turn it off again in a wee bit. Fair, but you yeah. know, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. You still burning books to keep warm? Is that is that still the ritual? The no, no, we've done away with that. <laughs> done just table legs and chairs. We've come we've come into a good amount of cash flow, so we did away with the metal bin. Oh, very good, nice. <laughs> Invested in an electric heater. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, an electric fan. I see the balloons are still up behind you. That's they are. Yeah, are they they yeah. become a staple, have they? Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the colour of the place. Yeah, very good. The colour of the place. So tell me, uh, at this cinema yeah. where said guy stood on your bike pump, yeah. did you go for an extreme viewing? Did you go for the big screen did, size? Yeah, I did, yeah. So oh, are, we, are we getting in? Are we getting into this, right? So we, yeah, why not? Because you've got a story about your viewing of this. Because, um, of course, we're not a bike pump rugby podcast. Well, we are a rugby podcast, I guess, a little bit, which I, I'm calling back. Great score. You didn't yeah. see the game. Going to yeah. watch the New Zealand-Wales um, game today. Pretty sure I know the outcome of that one, but still, it was quite interesting to watch. It's already um, happened. Yeah, I know, right, but I've got to watch on Prime. I was. I oh, right, okay, I see, yeah. I see, I see, I yeah, see. I think there's another game today as well, so I'll have to watch that. But we are a music and movies podcast, and each week we will talk to you about some of the most nourishing and full-fat films that we didn't realise we needed in our lives. Mm-hmm. Things that just happen and, and and you know we shouldn't have doubted we shouldn't have doubted how good it would be and we're so happy we didn't because yeah. this was this was a film man this oh, this is i just needed this absolute feast it was a absolute feast. feast of cinema do you know right i took so i went with friends and i took maddie oh great well. i'm I, glad I, I took maddie as well and what what i really enjoyed was 
I was sat next to Maddie and the movie kicked off. And the first 15, 20 minutes, it's very like high fantasy, right? Like it really, it doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, I'm el- so glad you said that. It's, I'm it's, so glad you said it's fantasy because it's one thing it's not. It's not science fiction. No, no, no. It it is just so high fantasy, and like, you know, you could have set like the 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 background of this just happens to be science fiction. The story, the characters, the plot, the th- like all of that stuff. You could set this in like Middle Earth style place. Exactly. You yeah, could, yeah. You could set this in like modern day. Like you could do like a modern day version of 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 Dune. Like all the characters would be the same, and you know, it's it's some other precious resource. Like the actual bare bones of the story could be transported anywhere. Yeah. But, but the first 15 minutes and 20 minutes, like it's kind of nonsense, right? Like until you get the full context of the film, like you're just like, yeah. what is happening here? Yeah. And yeah. I remember in the first 15 minutes, Maddie just turns to me and she, and like Maddie knows the sort of films that are not her sort of films. And she goes, this is not going to be one of my films. Oh and, my I was just, and I was just like, oh, fuck's sake. And so like, I kept an eye on her just being like, she was enjoying it. But by the end of the movie, she was like, I loved that. Because oh, it, fantastic! It, it just oh. takes you. It just it it's so there was I've like it's just one of those amazing experiences where it just is like just it just says to you sit down, and we're just going to give you an experience. This is just yeah. for you. You know we don't deserve an experience like that. Immerse and, yourself. Immerse yourself. And immerse like, yourself. And the thing yeah. of the experience as well is. It just, it further frustrates me, mate, right? You know when we go and see crap movies or there's crap movies that are made at cinemas or for whatever reason, they're just terrible. Like the emphasis on no consistency in movies, especially nowadays, it's so frightening. And it really, like, it makes you physically angry when you make a wrong choice because it's no longer the movie's fault. It's your fault for not choosing the right movie. And it, it basically just raised the stakes. It raised the game, didn't it, for like what a cinema experience should be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's a classic example. And I, I feel like you could lump uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, films in with the likes of Christopher Nolan easy, in, easy. in movies that are marketable to a mass audience but don't treat them like idiots. Yeah. Oh, like man. they're, they're, they're so highbrow, but not at the expense, not, not at the expense of the audience, no, you're, which is fantastic. You're right. I mean, I would even say that um, Dennis is better at this. You know, I, I, if you take things like Arrival, Arrival oh, is just a one mo- of the best. I mean, it's one of the best sci-fi movies of the last like, 10 years and obviously 100%. blade runner i've not seen i've actually have not seen the new blade runner i'd really it's one no, of these neither ones, have i no i know it's we need disgraceful. To, but i've heard it's incredible <laughs> you know i think we should probably go, we should probably revisit them at some point soon um but as you asked you know i i went to the the extreme viewing and saw it huge and it was just it, it was amazing and you know i've got two well i've got a point to make but i'm also quite keen to hear your experience because i don't think you alluded to the fact that maybe it wasn't a particularly great experience well it wasn't it wasn't perfect it wasn't like absolutely perfect and coming out of the cinema i was like oh i would have loved that to be absolutely perfect mm-hmm. basically i had a lovely cinema trip uh with ilham where we went to a really really nice kind of art house cinema on like literally on the main square in krakow yeah, yeah. in in poland and it was essentially uh old european ballroom yeah with a screen at the end of it European Wow, okay, cool. So it was really interesting. So imagine like one of these um uh, can you think of like the sound of music? Yeah. 
and they're having a ball in in a room and there's like lots of ornate architecture and the ceiling's very beautiful and there's yeah. nice comfy chairs and like all that they basically stuck a screen at the end of this room oh cool nice and then but but the sound was like coming out of a coming out of like a a couple of like stereo pa speakers so it wasn't right. like ah. it wasn't it wasn't like surround sound and also it was a very very long room we were sat at the back because like it was really popular and everyone was there yeah we were sat at the back so the screen was very far away and the chairs were quite like clumped together um which means there wasn't a great amount of tiered seating sure, so sure. there was always somebody in the way oh, no. so there's somebody in the way so the sound wasn't wasn't ideal because it wasn't surround it was just coming out of me and i knew exactly where the speakers were so that was a bit yeah um it was too long a room even though it was a very very nice room but yeah you know the lights are down who cares um and it was too too long which means the picture wasn't like just encompassing my entire vision and there were so many times in this movie where i was like i really want to be seeing nothing else apart from what's on the screen right now yeah 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 and unfortunately the peripheries were just too busy (laughs) for me and then the other thing was obviously because i went to see this film in poland yeah there was quite a few alien language bits yeah in in this movie that were only that were only subtitled in polish and Uh, the first time it happened i went uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And I, for the first half of the movie, was Ilham, Ilham bless her heart, she was, she was, she was, she was whispering me, she was like, they're basically saying this about Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then so, about so halfway sweet, through, and I was just like, oh, don't bother. Honestly, yeah. it's fine. It's Do fine. You, we're we're going to go and see this again. Um, because, and, oh, you are? You're going to go and see it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then also there were, you know, there was some sign language uh, conversing in the movie as well. I love that. So like aliens. That was that was Maddie's. Then I didn't know what the, I didn't even know what the fuck they were saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean was... that that the, obviously the the point. I mean, we're doing spoilers, right? Aren't we? We're doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, we all. I yeah. mean, we always do. We always do. But, I mean, yeah. the bit the, the bit in the ornithopter when they were actually like doing the sign language to try and like signal, you know, one of the guys is deaf and stuff like this. I I, yeah. I just thought it was so clever, and Maddie yeah. was like, "That was one of my favorite scenes. That whole scene yeah, it was great." The ornithopter. But basically, we came we came out of the cinema, Ilham and I, and you know we both said, and you know I really enjoyed the experience. It was a really really nice cinema uh, cinema experience, and I just wish that I'd saw like a drama or something without as much, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, yeah. sensory bones on it. You know, yeah. something. That, yeah. Um, what was it the French Connection? You should have seen that. You knew the, the yes, West that, that the, would have been the perfect. French Connection would have been absolutely perfect. Because I'm thinking that. about taking myself to the one in Chiswick. You're describing like an old style cinema house, and there's one down in Chiswick. I think that would be yeah. a nice place to go see that sort of film. That'd be great. We don't have that. We don't have that film on the on the podcast late. I don't think because I think next week we're doing we're doing um, Last Night in Soho. Is it Last Night in Soho? Or is it Eternals? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's one of them. They're both out. We can yeah. discuss afterwards. We can discuss but anyway, afterwards, yeah. anyway, we came out of the cinema and we went, that was lovely. It wasn't perfect for this film. We should go to the IMAX when we're back in London. Yeah. Because we both came out going, that was incredible. Yeah. I, we, we both want to see it again, not just because we think it would be better in like an IMAX kind of sitting, but also just because it was that good and there was that much to it. Like I came out with so many questions and very little of them answered by the end of the movie. Because of course this is a part one yeah. of a of a part two of a two part epic. Yeah, yeah. Um and very, very little got resolved. 
Mm. But in the, yeah. not in a bad way. Not no. in a bad way at no, all. No, no, no. And we'll and we'll get to it. We've got you know, I've got thoughts about the ending and, and specifically the last track, you know, My Road Leads Into the Desert, which I think is oh like I mean it, it's it's up there with Gollum's song. You know what I mean? Ooh. Do you know is you know you know you know the end of the two towers? Yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah. It is that kind of feel. Like the way that it ends and they walk away, like yeah. that's exact I was like Oh yes, here we go. Yep. Like that's good. That's good. Um, it's a couple of points that I just wanted to say, like through that laced throughout our conversation, as little factoids for both the film and and the music. So we talked oh, yeah. a little bit about Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, now, famously, um, Hans Zimmer scored scored this film, um, and and usually scored very famously Christo- Christopher Nolan films. Um, but obviously Ludwig Gornson, I think it was, was actually the one who scored Tenet and Hans Zimmer turned Tenet down to do Dune because yeah. he's such a fan of Dune. Did he do Dune? He do Dune. He did Dune. Did he do Dune? No, did he, he do d- Dune? He it? did Dune. Do, 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 Dune. Okay, cool. But um, do you know what's funny, right? Because I was thinking about this. I, in a parallel universe, Ludwig Gornson scores this movie and Hans Zimmer scores Tenet. Interesting. Do you know what but, I mean? Hang and I, on, and didn't... I, did Hans what... Zimmer do like Blade Runner and Arrival and stuff as well? Like, he is would... he a is he a Denis Villeneuve kind of collaborator I'm as well? I'm pretty sure he did Blade Runner. You might have to do a quick a yeah, quick googs. I have to do a cheeky a cheeky little goog. What do you what do you get on that right now? But but basically, just what I was saying is, it's so interesting how Hans Zimmer, you know, like I think everyone everyone looks at him and takes him that he's a he's a corporate you know Hansomer isn't really the a name or a person it's like a it's a commodity nowadays you know there's a conglomerate of yeah, composers yeah, that yeah, work yeah. to it but what's really interesting what i really liked about the fact that Hansomer deliberately turned down tenet to do this is it showed that there is a person there like it showed that there is someone you know that's the sort of decision that like your john yeah. williams would make and i just thought that that was really quite a personal choice to make and it really brought it out for me and no definitely this was definitely a big uh tick for the for the Hans Zimmer column as far as I'm concerned because honestly I think it's hit and miss these days because you know a couple of weeks ago we did No Time to Die and the more I've brewed on it that the more I'm leaning towards giving that a big old thumbs down as far as the music is uh, is concerned but to uh, give you the results of my research that I did before time and totally not on the podcast uh, Blade Runner was scored by Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Wallfish Oh right, okay. Which yes. is a co- which is a combination we know from uh, Dunkirk. Yes, that was it. Yep. And Arrival was actually done by Johan Johansson. Oh, I didn't know that. The Icelandic, the other Icelandic composer. Yeah, no. Other... <laughs> uh, yeah. So there we go. So he's Very he's he's collaborated with a few people. Well, and famously, the first trailer for this. So Hans Zimmer hadn't quite completed the score um, by the time the first trailer came out. Um, for, well, I mean, the second trailer famously had, yeah, you know, Gom Jabber, which was which was the yeah, the, yeah. The, the famous track, Gom Jabbar or Gom Jabbar, I can't pronounce, but um, but the uh, um, <laughs> sure, but the, it's one of them. The 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 first um the first trailer basically had uh, a version of Eclipse by Pink Floyd, if you can remember, but it was Hans Zimmer's like arra- arrangement of Eclipse, and I love that because and it was the one where it showed. Remember that? Remember the first trailer where it didn't have the little dot at the E on Dune. And so everyone was like, Dunk? Dunk, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember, and, and I just remember a clip. Because Dunk, and it was, um, yeah, it, it was it was absolutely excellent. Um, and the final, the final thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was 
the, you know, back to releasing this in the cinema because obviously this this didn't have a a, a streaming release, and you know, Warner Brothers. Uh, were, well, it did uh, not in the UK. It didn't. Okay. Elsewhere, it released simultaneously on HBO Max. Ah, whereabouts? Whereabouts? US, and I uh, think I think Australia as well. Oh, interesting, interesting. Right, Wherever so, they have, but they, it, in the well, US, the fact, it definitely it definitely released on HBO Max. The fact that I've got a few facts wrong then in this case is mine was they pushed back, was Dennis Villeneuve pushed back on this. Basically, he was quoted saying to Warner Brothers, if you choose to stream only this movie, it will kill the film. Like, oh, God, hands yeah. down, kill the film. Oh, could and, you imagine watching this for the first time on your on your little yeah, screen at home? Oh. Yeah, exactly. And And... Do you know, rarely do I take such a passionate um, side on these things. Like, I'm like, all right, mate, it's not that great. Your movie's this and the other. Like, he's so right, though, here. Yeah. Like, I'm mad. You're, you know, you're bang on. I'm, I'm, do you know, in some ways, it, I know maybe this is not, uh, you know, the whole Black Widow thing maybe didn't set a particularly great uh, precedent for this. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of, like, quarrel down the line because I've heard a few rumblings about people being not happy if there's a streaming option put in place for this movie, like, flat yeah. out unhappy. Well, know? I mean, I th- I think it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Because we're still in relatively uncharted waters for these things. You know, if you think about how established, you know... <sighs> hollywood movie contracts are as uh, as far as like distribution goes like they must be so complicated and they've been doing it the same way since the dawn since the dawn of time suddenly you have this pandemic that comes along that forces them to make very very sharp changes of direction into how you know they get their contact out and you know recuperate some of their costs because as we all know it is a business yeah yeah and yeah it's going to rub some people up the wrong way particularly artists who you know and i've always kind of thought about this you know the people that make the movies they they, they are all artists like they're all practicing their craft and they're trying to tell a story through their art but it's being funded and distributed by you know bloodthirsty corporations who want to make money and i've always been kind of fascinated by the that kind of relationship so it's not it's not surprising that the artists you know don't like the situation because you know they want their stuff to be viewed in the best way possible or at least as it was intended but but you know in in some way shape or form you know talking about the the money and and the whole aspect of it warner brothers must absolutely must do whatever they can to keep Dennis Villeneuve you happy on this one because yeah. if they do that they have got a surefire gold mine waiting for them on the second part of this yeah and it's really interesting actually like it about... can't fail can it that second one like can you imagine how or i mean even if the movie's bad can you imagine how many people that's going to attract that that the second part of this? Oh God, yeah. I mean, I think it's I like think Star Wars. It's is... like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars level. Right? I know it, it really, really is. But I, I wonder. First of all, I think this might be the movie that breaks the kind of Del, Denis Villeneuve curse of making amazing movies, but that nobody watches. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, all of his yeah, other movies right. have been so critically acclaimed, but like nobody goes out, but it's nobody's all, gone out to see it's them. It's the marketing, right? Like, I mean, the, the marketing for Arrival, if you remember, was absolutely shocking. I mean, there was very, very little at all. And yeah. they, I mean, they, I remember seeing cinema trailers of Arrival. Yeah, no, it was good. But that's the thing. You, you, the trailers that you saw, if you watch back the Arrival trailers, there's, you know, to your point earlier about making it accessible to normal audience members, 
the movie was so nuanced and different, but at yeah. no point in the trailers did it in any way elaborate that this isn't this isn't your normal sci-fi movie. You know, like, yeah, it had, yeah, like yeah. you had to get over a high bar to go into the cinema to watch that because you thought you were just going in to watch like a, an alien abduction movie, but it was yeah. so different from that. But like, but like Blade Runner as well because Blade Runner, you know, yeah, that should have done, should have been should have yeah. been a smash. But yeah. I think. I can't remember what it was released alongside of, but I have a feeling that it was yeah. probably re- released at a very similar time to like a Marvel movie no, or something you're like right. that. You're, you're right. Um, or, or something I, like that. And they I, basically just got the timing wrong. I think it was Infinity War. Was it? I think it might have been. Oh, Don't quote yeah, me on no, that. No, yeah, no one's going to see a yeah. Blade Runner movie over Infinity War. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's important. You know, obviously scheduling is, is a huge part of it. And yeah. You know, as as we're learning right now, I mean, there's a lot of films in the cinema to go and see right now. Yeah, I was thinking I this actually. Like right now, in fact, next week you're gonna have Bond, a brand new Bond movie that everyone's seen. You've got this. You've got Eternals. You've got Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho and the Venom Two. Like, there's a lot in the cinema. And the French right Connection, because everyone connection. loves Wes Wes Anderson. They, they, as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot to go and see. Um, I know it's fantastic. It's great. I love it's great it. to be back. Anyway, back to June. So. Um, before we talk about you know the end and what's going next and all this sort of stuff and, and, and returning to going back to cinemas, what do you want to do here? So I've got a few th- things I want to talk through. Obviously, we want to talk a little bit about the plot, the story. Yeah. We yep. talk about some of the acting because I've got some thoughts there. Um, yeah. Some of the cinematography sequences, which I quite like to maybe start with first, but I'm yeah. happy to go back to the plot if you want. And then obviously the music. Um, and then wrapping it in, I've got a few other things I want to talk through in terms of the coordination and and you know the fights and the and how we you know how the the scenes were all set using the. I guess that kind of comes under acting, so I'll put that there. Um, do you want to go for the cinematography? I mean, what was your what was your thoughts on? on what I mean, it doing? looked stunning, didn't it? Yeah, like it really did. Like, oh, just one of the most gorgeous movies mm. like mm. I've I've ever seen. Mm. Like, really, really is. Yeah. Um, cinematography by Greg Fraser, yeah. who has uh, previously worked on Zero Dark Thirty, Lion, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people from the Rogue One production did this actually. There was yeah. a lot of um, a lot of the crew were were were, lo- were Rogue One um, previous. Interesting. Do, do, and do you know? Can can I say something on the cinematography? The, the phrase that I thought, and I think Rogue One did this very well, was the scaling. How things right. how things looked in scale comparison was really clever. Now, oh, yeah, they, some of the scale shots were great. Yeah. Now what? And it was a very clever trick they did. Right. So here's how they did it. They would show um, on Arrakis. They would show like some some guy. So they would you you would have like your um, oh uh, Josh Brolin and all the sort of the ground yeah. troops running alongside. You know the big the the the, the spice harvesters. Yeah. And yeah. then you would show the spice harvester next to like um, or like a you know, some sort of vehicle. Then you show the vehicle next to the spice harvester, and so you would you wouldn't need to see. And then you would have the the drone coming in and picking it up which was even bigger still than that. And what yeah, you did yeah. was they would show you a person to this truck, that truck to the harvester, the harvester yeah. to the drone. And yeah, like a like a like one of those uh pictures that you see of uh oh, you know that one which is um the true scale of our solar system. Yeah. Where yeah. like it, it's like a YouTube video and it starts off with the size of the planet and then it zooms out to the size of yeah, yeah, Saturn yeah. or whatever. It, it was done that, but they did that so many times. Like they did that to show the vastness of the desert. They did that um, to show, you know, the, the scale of the ships, you know, the, the massive 
um, that the, like the Harkonnen ship that was that was flying over the top of Arrakis and all the little yeah. ships coming out, and then and, and it was just so effective, and it it allowed you to fall into the trap that they were setting of you know whilst you're just watching a screen you're watching a film it's coming to you in a 2d format but 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 you know fall into the fact that this is a big big universe and you know the scale and 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 i think it kind of makes you feel when you see something like that and you're presented to the scale and the size of scale to it you're kind of your jaw kind of drops really doesn't it? yeah no there there were so many shots that really made me go wow mm-hmm. like wow 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 even, like, i think caladan as well like how amazing it was that with all the, the waves and the ocean and the big ships coming out the water and you've got paul just looking at oh, it was so beautiful the ship designs as well mm. were just regal weren't they yeah, yeah they really were regal they were like these big flying monoliths yeah. you mentioned the massive kind of orbital ship where all the ships were it was kind of like an arc wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah it was kind of like a big space-faring arc and yeah. everything was like smooth and rounded like you know like a pebble and they, they really were like monoliths mm. you know not too dissimilar to arrival, arrival yeah, and say, yeah and a lot i want and uh blade runner yeah, frankly yeah. as well so it, it's it's definitely a kind of art style that i think uh, Den- denny villeneuve has like a imagination oh, for it's, and one- it's really really effective and i i really really love you know i talk about like monoliths and you know regal ship designs and things like that and the only exception is the kind of the the copter i can't remember what it's called is it you know the one that's an ornithopter ornithopter which is basically a well that's the track a a dragonfly thing they were so cool those they're so cool but the 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 much grander ships the much um you know the monolith style regal ships as i keep as i keep saying it it really it, it gave a sense of like an ancient world yeah 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 and and that kind of made it so much more otherworldly to me because one thing that really struck me in this whole movie, there is not a single computer. I don't oh, know if yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know if you right. noticed this. Yeah, there is not a single computer. There is never ever a shot of a guy sitting in a chair at a desk, um, controlling something from a keyboard. Mm. There, mm. and there's lots of tech in this movie. So we have all these flying ships. Yeah, but we don't ever see who's flying them or how they are or how they operate in this kind of high fantasy land. They fly simply because they do. Yeah, yeah. And there's no need to question any further. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm... that and that is just so fantastic to just you know let your imagination run riot on yeah. things like that and not have a guy sitting at a computer operating, <laughs> yeah. operating at all. I think that was just a the omission of things like that just really, really sold it. And even when you did see someone, you know, even when you, when you saw Oscar Isaac, um, you know, sat at the front of the ornithopter during, during that amazing sequence, which we're quite keen to talk about when we talk yeah. through the plot, um, you, you weren't, you, you didn't get a sense that like it was, he was struggling to fly the thing or it was like, it was a complex task. It was just like, no, 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 this thing needs a pilot, whatever. There's someone at the front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, to that point, you know, the, it, hey, I'll repeat myself as I say everything always, you know, show don't tell. Yep. And this movie just did it all. And what it yeah. needed to tell, it it did it in a very precise way. Um, what was the, um, the writer? Oh, uh, 
he's on the tip of my tongue. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin always says something really interesting. And what he says is when you're writing, you know, obviously a master of screenplay. When you're when you're writing a good screenplay, one golden rule, it's it's a basic thing, but a lot of a lot of um, you know, bad screenwriters or, or you know, Hollywood screenwriters that movies you see fall uh, or fall into this trap, which is if you ex- if you have to explain something to the audience members, only do it once. If you've yeah. said something that's never repeat anything that they've already seen or that they should know about, okay? Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. someone said it before. And again, it did that so perfectly because there was a few exposition dumps in this. There was. Well, there has to be because has it's, to be, so, of it's so, so dense. Like but, but You can imagine how, the, the so just to say the process in which they refined those expedition dumps, that must have been so carefully crafted. I, I, I came out of this thinking that script must have taken yeah. months, oh, if God. not years, yeah, to get yeah. right. Yes. Because because I, I'm sure, I am 100% sure, just because I know how big Dune the book is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how much people love it and how it's, you know, so culturally kind of it's survived it's like one of the big titans of science yeah. fiction it's like 50s isn't it yeah absolutely um but it's not science fiction <laughs> uh, it's not science fiction it's high high fantasy set in space i fell into my own trap what a dick anyway um uh, i am sure i am sure that there are entire chapters of this book that have been condensed down to like one sentence yeah maybe in, yeah it, at one sentence in the, in this movie but it didn't seem like it no it didn't seem like it i mean inevitably it will be because apparently you know there, there's so much more i did a little bit of reading into it i really want to read this book actually i really really want to read God. it but i did a little bit of research into it. apparently there's a lot of explanation from like paul's perspective and there was one that there was a point in this production where uh, villeneuve considered having a paul voiceover kind of like narrating things sure, as they sure. were as they were going along and I'm really, really glad they didn't do that. And he also said in a recent interview uh, on the radio that he decided not just to not do that, but it to instead give the voiceover narration to Hans Zimmer. Mm. And mm. as soon and I, and as soon as I heard him say that, I was like, "Oh, mm. yeah, that's why the score is so good." Yeah, yeah, that's why the, the score is so mo- good. And the and because- the motifs just you know play into it you know the different families the different houses all get their own just different score and you know like everything from the dreams that you see where you know like he's he's obviously very much on Caladan and you get Paul's motif when he's alive and he's there but then you, you basically when he's dreaming of Arrakis you get that kind of um yeah that that that, that kind of Arrakis style theme which I just think is fantastic um just just the only last thing I was just going to say on the cinematography was just very quickly like my favorite shot was when there was two spice harvesters being airlifted to the area and it was done at night and they had the big balloons and I looked at it and I just like I just I felt my mouth dropping and I just remember just watching it and just like just pleasure I was just like oh this is just lovely like this is art like this is just so great um we're talking about the plot I guess yeah um we don't need to hammer too much into this because actually, I mean, I did know, I knew, I knew nothing about this plot going no, into it. No, neither did I. And I'm really glad that I didn't either. Yeah, me too. And as well. 
And as I say, like, it's a very simple story. Like, it's a very, very simple story. It's a very simple story with a lot of ingredients that we've seen in a lot of high profile things a lot of time before. But the thing that we need to remind ourselves of is this is the one that did it first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was thinking, because I was thinking. Game of Thrones took so much inspiration from this. I know, right? Let alone Star Wars. Yeah. Because honestly, with the whole um, trade federation, an unseen, unseen emperor pulling the strings from behind this, behind the scenes, I was like, oh, where have we seen, where have we seen that before? Don't show the main bad guy in the first in in the first movie. Do you know what you know what I mean? But then I was like, no, no, this came before Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. (laughs) Do we know who's going to play the emperor? Was it? No, I don't think we know. We've not been cast yet. No. Cool. I, don't think I mean, so. the Baron was great. I mean, Stellan Stargo was 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 great, oh, wasn't he? he? That was he, he was revolting. That. He was he was absolutely dis yeah. disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But the way that he moved, because obviously he's got this, it's either a power or yeah. that weird thing he has in his spine that lets him like float or yeah, fly. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if he can go yeah. faster than that. But he just he. His his nature is so sloth like because even when yeah. he's sitting down, he's just slumped everywhere. He's just like this did, fat mess. Did, and then when he when he floats, he's still he's still slumped like a fat mess. Yeah, and it's just, it was it, it was very horrendous, isn't it? Very uncomfortable. Did 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 he Oscar Isaac's Willie? Did did we see? Wait, what? That, I know. Did he did he eat it? Maddie's convinced. Did he eat that, it? Yeah. What? I know. I don't know where no. this is. No good. That's what I thought. I thought I totally missed something. <laughs> Oh, I might have missed it as well. No, like, I, not... I, 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 that came out of nowhere. I might even edit it. I, I wouldn't edit it out. That was good. I'm no. glad that we got that cleared up. It's good. Go- oh. He didn't, though. No, he didn't. I don't think so. When he was eating something at the end of the table, and Oscar Isaac's there with, with, with his lad out, and he's like, oh, oh I'm awfully, well, I'm going to have to bite down on my tooth in a second. Yeah. I don't think he would have woken up if his <laughs> was gone and the Baron was munching Done on it. it. Done it. Um, I don't know. Do you, and then the plot, I mean, the plot is, my favorite sequence in this was when you introduced the, the sandworms and i just love the whole thing about you know they've got to walk walk oddly because they can't yeah. repeat the pattern because it was you know just just excellent and that whole sequence where they flew out uh to the to the spice harvester um you know and and, and they spot the worm and then they go okay you know the thing comes in and then the, one of the things doesn't attach, and they're like, "Cool, we we've just got to get everyone in these these you know ornithopters and get the hell out of here." Yeah. Um, I thought it was fantastic, and and especially what was great was like the the culmination, one of the lines at the end of it for Oscar Isaac at the end of this amazing heart in your mouth sequence was he's like, "We've been doomed to fail from the start." You yeah. know, like they gave us faulty equipment. They, you know, we've been doomed to fail. The emperor's doomed us to fail. Like it's just, it's just wonderful. And it, it, I know oh. you can see everything. You can. It's like you get the punchline of the greater kind of canvas politically yeah. of what's going on in this yeah. world. Like about a scene before it happens, and it just fills you with dread because yeah. you know that they're coming to kill these guys, and you know it's all political nonsense and. Mm. But not over the top political nonsense. Like it was, it was very, it was very palatable, right? Like yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. everyone knew what was happening, and uh, I, I can't, I can't emphasize how much I just love, I love the plot. And obviously, obviously on Arrakis, you know, you, you you've, you've got um, the natives. I forget the name of the the natives, the the, the blue oh, the eyes, Fremen, the Fremen. That's it. Yeah, the Fremen. Um, I really enjoyed the whole Fremen 
you know culture really it was a culture yeah. we were seeing yeah and, yeah yeah definitely and this, you know and obviously we, the, the music was wonderful but i got a lot of thomas newman vibes especially from the sand tracks you know like my my road leads into the desert there was very much like the night window from from 1917 I oh right yeah yeah, yeah okay sim- like, yeah i was all i was thinking was thomas newman um oh, during, interesting. during that whole sequence if you watch it again I, I like i couldn't shake that thought of like this sounds like the night window um, you know, like all we're needing is some arpeggios here, and that is the night window. But we didn't get ah, it. But right, it was yeah, just the, yeah. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, yeah. But the, but particularly, um, you know, Zendaya and and Javier Bardem. Uh, is it Javier Bardem? Wasn't it that was? Yeah, it uh, was. Yeah. Um, and I guess that leads us into the acting, because Javier Bardem was scene stealing. Yeah. Absolutely scene stealing. Um, he was the he was the actor I thought actually did the best, and I can't wait to see more of him in the second one. I mean, I mean, obviously Timothy Chalamet, properly brilliant. Rebecca, yeah, yeah, Rebecca yeah, yeah. Ferguson was a close second behind Javier uh, Bardem. I thought it was Rebecca Ferguson, wasn't it? She it was, was, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was excellent, but for some reason, Javier Bardem. You know the whole scene when he's spitting on the ground, and they're all. You know, they're talking and there's something about him, just the way he carries himself in that sequence. Yeah. That's interesting. That that scene, they, they, they did a little bit of comic relief in that they scene. Did, yeah, and yeah. Th- there's like, there's no, there's hardly any other comic relief in this movie at all. Mm. And it would, and it, but it didn't feel that out of place to have mm. that little kind mm. of like mm. jokey moment mm. where, <laughs> where suddenly Jason Momoa, who was also great, by the way, yeah, had to, good. had to, had to go, no, no, no. This is a mark of respect because everyone was about to be like, oh, how dare you spit at the yeah, duke yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, no, no, no. This is just respect. He's like yeah, giving up some of his body, body fluids. Um, his moisture, and then, yeah. and then they and then they all and then they all do it, but, but they feel weird doing it. It's, yeah. It was just a really well executed little joke. But it, but it was just a great sequence. You know, you've got Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, you've got Oscar Isaac, you've got Josh Brolin. Jason yeah. he was Moore. great as well wasn't he they were all, and they were all just angry, in, angry 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 they were all just <laughs> in that scene just like oh god like this is a really like there's a lot of heavyweights in that sequence and it was just yeah. wonderful wasn't a lot it? of heavyweights in the movie i think oh, i think acting kind of oh who do i give it who would i give it to i think my favorite was probably uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, really. If I'm honest, yeah. I think he was just deliciously repulsive. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? he <laughs> and was, I think, yeah, and I th- and I think it's gonna be way worse in the second movie. Whenever we get that, oh, do you in think so? Five or six years, or however long it's gonna take them to make it. Uh, um, sh- and Sharon Duncan Brewers as well. She was great too. Like I thought she was absolutely fantastic when, especially when she was like leading them out to the and explaining about the spice was and you know with her blue eyes as the doctor i just yeah. thought she was so so good as well we're, i think we're gonna see a lot of her in the second one or did she die no she died didn't she yeah 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 the... oh no no we did she die off screen though no wait is this the fremen yeah, the native doc, fremen? Yeah, yeah 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 the one that was supposed to be the, the transition the person yeah, yeah 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 no she got killed by the imperial soldier i can't remember the Imperial soldiers. I can't remember what the name of the Beast Rabinan. I think they're they're Justicars or some or something like that. Oh, I don't. I can't remember what the kind of soldiers they are though. But it's the the one the same ones that stormed that base and killed ah, Jason Momoa. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, and also a little a little hint from David Dasmalchian. I thought, oh, there he is. That was quite good. 
Yeah, no, they get eaten by a worm. Yeah. No, they get oh, eaten by yeah, a worm yeah, in the yeah, desert. Yeah. yeah. That was it, yeah. Was that not David Dasmalshin doesn't get eaten? No, by not a worm. David Dasmalshin. You went on too quickly. Oh, I Just see. So fucking <laughs> simmer. <laughs> no, but it was it was great. I, I, I absolutely loved it. But um but yeah, I mean like hey, I'll I'll be honest, I'm never a huge fan of Timothy Chalamet. I'm always a bit like Ugh. But I really liked him in this. I was yeah, really yeah. taken by him. Um, so yeah, yeah, he was really good. Um, Zendaya wasn't in it. No, <laughs> can we just can we, can we just no, say she, how it is? She was. She wasn't, <laughs> was she? I mean, she was heavily used in the marketing. Um, she was heavily used in the marketing, and actually, we're probably being a little bit unfair because even if she's not like talking and you know act and doing scenes like that, she is still in the movie because there's a lot of visions and flashbacks and premonitions and mm. things like that and she she features in all of them so she is throughout the movie but she doesn't like yeah she doesn't speak until like the last 15 minutes of the movie sure yeah yeah exactly um okay let's do it music music um, i've I got mean, a big macro point to go for it right yeah, up at yeah, the top yeah. here throughout this whole score we can get into individual individual tracks if we want but throughout this whole score thing i was like most impressed with was how layered it was and that every layer was representative of the kind of uh powers and plot machinations that were present in the movie for example on arrakis you've got the desert Mm, and mm, its people mm, right mm. on the surface you've got the spice Mm -hmm. that's like on this uh, that's just like floating above the surface mm, mm. and then you've got the real kind of power of the planet which are the sandworms that are like mm. under underneath the surface and throughout every scene that was featured in the desert which is pretty much most of the movie to mm. be honest mm. you've got three you've got three layers of music going you've got You've got melody, a lot of like Fremen, yeah, yeah, um, Fremen motifs and things on the like surface, Arabic like, almost sounding. Yeah, motifs. It is yeah. yeah. So what what he decided or what they decided was going to be the sound of the people and of the planet and therefore culturally of the desert that was going to be that sound. Underneath, you've got this really, you've got really big driving basses mm. and drums and stuff like that, which are often mm. pretty like random. and and thumping really hammering home the fact that the worms are there and that they're the real kind of powers of this planet sure it's not it's not the insect like people that are fighting on the surface it's these huge worms that are underneath that Mm. that really run the place and then on top you've got this kind of like twinkling of of the spice that's in every single track and it's just um it because the the spice is represented in this movie like you don't really know it's there. Mm, mm, yeah, it's you all, just see it's, little grains it's, of it. It's don't it's, you? it's always there, but you never actually see it unless the movie is showing you it. But from the characters' perspectives, you can't actually see it because it's so fine and it just kind of hovers above the surface like a kind of haze. Yeah, and but the they, music but they do and the music it. does that as well. They no, do, they sh- they just show it at the at the start like in a little vial, like actual like raw refined spice that's yeah just raw refined there, spice yeah. but in the natural environment you can't spice. you can't see it you yeah you can't well, you see can it. kind of you can kind of like they show a few little specks of red throughout the sand yes I, I, but I, I, but uh, but th- that that's the stuff that falls to the sand but there's a lot more of it that's kind of shimmering above the sand that's yeah. um oh sort, yeah, yeah sort yes, of yes, it, yes. it's sort of like a har 
yeah, or yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just a mist or, so, or yeah, something yeah. like that but you can but you can hardly see it and my, and my point to that is in the music you can hardly hear what is representing got it the, yeah. the space it's just sort of twinkling and then it kind of goes well they do this i mean in ripple this the track ripples in the sand basically yeah. is what you're talking about like the way yeah. that they manage to layer that it, it's so so effective and uh, you know i i just i love it as well because you know as you say the music is narrating this you're you're watching um you know you're you're watching the the is it the atreides family um, yeah, House of Trades. House of Trades. Yeah. You're watching them discover this for the first time, and it's almost like the narration is for the audience and for them when yeah. they're walking in the desert. It's almost like this is like that's what they're thinking. The music mm-hmm. is what they're thinking when they see this, when they understand this. You know, it's just yeah. so different to their world. Yeah, um, and I, oh, it's, you're, it's so so effective. Um, and we've talked about ornithopters as well, like some of the mental clashing of the tracks during like the sandstorm and stuff that really just ramp up to a thousand. I, I thought it was so, so good. Um, the, the one other track that I wanted to bring attention to was the kind of the motif for Paul in the Atreides, which was the one, um, yeah. which we hear quite a lot of and a little bit of gom jabber or gom, gom yeah. jabbar, as you say. Um, yeah. How do, how do we feel about uh, kind of, savior like one character in the context mm. of dune because i was thinking about this because i know it's a done to death thing yeah. and as i've just posed that question i'm going to pour myself a second cup well, of coffee well yeah but you've also said you know like it did this first right but like... i know but and this is where i feel myself like bringing because i feel like this is an argument that that you that you've presented in the past which i think which i think is very valid even if something has done done it first or jesus is that the rain yeah, it's mad here. The rain's yeah. going mad here. Oh my too. god, that's crazy. Even though something is done, that's done first. That still doesn't mean that we, as the audience member, haven't seen it, you know, a million times before. Yeah. yeah do you know? Exactly. What, do you know what yeah. I mean? So my question is, how did you feel about that? Yeah. No. To be honest, it was. I think that was the part of the film that I think, if you were making this film, um, and you were responsible for you know re- refining the story and the plot, you've got to really try and peel away from from uh, from that as the center point of this film because the book, I'd imagine the book very much is focusing in. You know that that's a really yeah. pivotal plot point, but actually they 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 ground paul a lot more in this and i yeah. think for that reason they try and just like they rough you know they, they rough out some of the edges like the other the other talking point you know we're not just saying he's the one it's not a yeah. case of he's the one right it's the fact that he's from royal family you know this guy is born with a silver spoon in his mouth he's never wanted for anything yeah and they don't really focus on that a huge amount if you notice no. you know they, they could have if this if this movie had been released without the fact that you've got other movies that have the one and the whole class divide thing, if you really doubled down on the class divide, you probably would have turned him into you know not a particularly likable you know protagonist. Probably, I think, yeah. I think they had to really watch their footing for a lot of this, and it was really interesting understanding yeah. where you know what was the what was the no go zone for Paul as a character. Yeah, you know, who's this prince who just gets whatever he wants? Oh, he just happens to be the one because he's born into this family. And he's you know he's from these two very long bloodlines where he's been able to get you know the 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 kind of you know the voice control from his mum's side and then you know the kind of the regal holding himself and the you know from his dad's side and the yeah, and, you yeah. know his kind of brash and um, adventurous behavior and and it's just like oh here we you know but they they did they did very very well to 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 steer clear of that being a Yeah problem. so for me I think that they really got away with it 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I think they really got away with having a the one kind of character, and I think the reason is is because we don't know the end game of this mm. prophecy at all. Mm, mm. All we're told in this first part of the movie is that there is a prophecy, mm. and there's going to be just like a uber person you know yeah yeah who is gonna have all these powers and blah 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 but we don't actually know what they're supposed to do yet because it's never really explained we're kind of we're kind of a fly on the wall on a lot of these um proceedings like the bene gesserit for example Mm. which are the kind of uh nuns with the with the premonition powers and things like that well, the sisterhood. As yeah, the known. sisterhood. They're, so, so called the, they're called the Bene Gesserit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the prequels called Dune. Uh, sorry, just as a point, the HBO Max are doing a, a prequel series called Dune Sisterhood based on the Bene Gesserit. Oh, really? Interesting. Do you, do you know what the Bene Gesserit means as well? Do you know what that means? No. It's, it's actually Latin for well done. Is it? Yeah. So a lot of the names in this are actually old Latin. You know, like shows shows a, a peek into the mind of the book, eh? Doesn't yeah, it? kind of. Yeah, but uh, what what was in, what was interesting is obviously there was this big scene where you know he puts his hand into the the box of pain. Yeah, yeah. And you know the his his mother's obviously in trouble for trying to force this prof force this prophecy by having a by having a a, a male instead of yeah a, instead a, of a, male, a male instead which apparently is something you can choose to do you can choose to either have a girl or a boy in this cool. universe yeah cool amazing that's well that won't cause problems i don't think no. um and she obviously got chewed out by you know the the reverend mother you know yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the the yeah. the head nun uh, uh, as it were for basically doing that but they, they don't spend a huge amount of time going oh, and the reason you're in trouble for doing this is because this, and, yeah, you know, yeah. our prophecy is this and stuff like that. They basically just say, we have plans. Yeah. We have we have plans that span eons. Yeah. They don't say what those plans are. But, but why are they? Why is she only getting in trouble now when he's 15? Why was he getting in trouble before? Oh, because um, he hadn't... Um, Grown his penis. Well, <laughs> I think it is a coming-of-age thing. It is oh, a coming God. Of... No, no, no. It's a, it's well, a, it's a penis a... chat in this movie, isn't there, Alex? Eh? I know, right? They all they're, they're... It, you know? Yeah, only because yeah, you've brought it for some reason. <laughs> is it on your mind? Thought, like, what, what's going on here? Go cock in the mind, man. Right. But, no, he. I think he displayed some, um, some power that kind of raised alarm bells because it was supposed to be kind of in secret sort of thing. Right. And then he was kind of like outed, and that's why he had to go and get tested and things like that. Which what, is when what was in the box? Like what? What's in the box? What's in the what, box? What's in the box? Pain. Yeah. I think so it's put... no, but again, we don't know, and we don't need to yeah, because again, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like one of my first points when we started talking about it was it works because it works, and it does yeah. what it does because it does what it does, and you yeah. don't like oh okay, you stick your hand in a box and it and you feel pain. Yeah, that's it. That's how it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought for a second that it looked like the box was like crushing into his hand or something, but it wasn't as physical as that. It was just, as you say, just like the the idea. No, you you put the, you put the hand in the box and you feel pain. And that's it. You don't need any other explanation other than that. And, and I, I and I think, love it. but but even like we go back to the the word, the, the writing was so clever. Just what she said, you know, around an animal will know its own, you know, even oh, yeah, limb yeah. off to, to to break free from a trap. And I think that was a really clever choice of words, setting that yeah. what up. You know what we were gonna see. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was great. I mean, any other any other tracks that that, that you thought? Really well, actually, the the the, the track Bene Gesserit actually I really loved because at the end you get that kind of you get uh, a really high kind of pitch 
Austin Atto choir thing. The the use yeah. of vocals. Throughout oh yeah, this, the vocals the, are amazing. Throughout, throughout the score is really, 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 really great. Really, yeah. a yeah. lot to get your uh, your sunk into. Um, You're sunk into. I'm sunken. I'm sunken. Your my teeth ears sunk into. My ears and teeth are sunken into what oh, the score God. is. What imagine putting your ears, into my head. Imagine your ears sinking into. I know something it's, it's like ridiculous. That. I can't speak eloquently today at all. But. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of that track, it's really punching, and it's like ding, 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 yeah, ding, like yeah, just yeah, 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 really, yeah. Uh, just ancient power of the of this kind of sisterhood, and it, just that one little motif really sells that. And then on the opposite um, side of the spectrum, you've got a kind of Emperor Palpatine kind mm, of mm. Uh, vocal vocal range going on for the Harnikin whenever the Baron Harnikin is. Yeah, yeah. Har- Harkonnen. Did I say Harnikin? Yeah, it's another Harkonnen. Heine- Heineken. Yeah, it's Harkonnen. The Heinekens. The Heinekens, yeah. <laughs> the Heinekens no, 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 the Har- and the Atreides the and the Amstils. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got like a really low grumbling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me that wasn't, tell me that wasn't that was really, spot on. Tell that me was that really wasn't good. spot on. Now I'm going to do it. That was really good. <laughs> You're not seeing the face that he's making when he does it. His face goes very low. <laughs> he's looking directly into the webcam when he does it. This is really good. I like that. Better fun. That's just for you and me. Just for us. Just level for us. But yeah, no, you're right. It was so, so great. Um, I mean, like, you know, another talking about the difference, sorry, moving away from music, was the fighting styles and the choreography. There were some great fighting sequences and choreography. Yeah. My favourite show, Don't Tell, came up from this. All they had to do was press the little button on their wrist, like gadget little thing, and a shield came around them. And the way that they moved and the shield followed them, that was so cool. Oh, no yeah. explanation for it. You knew exactly what it, you were looking at. It goes even better than that. It goes even better, to, better than that because I did some a little bit of research into how those shields work, mm, right? Mm. Which I know kind of goes against my point of like, oh, you don't need to know how yeah, anything works because yeah, yeah. blah, 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 sure, blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure. But I was fascinated with how the movie portrayed this without ever, ever explaining why. Yeah. But everything I'm about to say of how the shields work, you see in this movie, but you never get told how it works. Yeah. So one of the big things I thought, I was like, okay, why don't any of them use guns? Yeah. Why are there no guns in here? Why is it all hand-to-hand combat? Is it just an aesthetic thing? Because that yeah. doesn't seem like a good enough, ex- a good enough excuse. There are obviously people that will do anything to, you know, kill each other. So yeah. why wouldn't they use projectiles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason being is what those shields actually are is they're kind of frequency shields that stop anything under a certain velocity from penetrating it, mm, right? Mm. And you see this. You see that this happen in the movie several, several times. The only things that can penetrate the shields are slow-moving things, which is why projectiles are too fast. Yeah, yeah. You have to get up close and personal yeah. and and kind of get into the shield with a dagger at a controlled speed, which is which was which makes some of the choreography of like jason momoa's yeah big the duncan hallway, idaho one yeah um big hallway fight sequence really really great because i think if you were, i've only seen it once and i really want to hone in on this but i suspect that when i go back and watch this again you'll see him kill every single one of them and the killing blow will be a very carefully slow oh, God, play, yeah slow place dagger thing that's like sort of 
um, sort of like a dance, like yeah. this kind of mar- martial arts dance, as so many martial arts actually are. But and and also when Oscar Isaac, the Duke, gets kill- gets kind of stung by that, um, yeah, it like you know, stops that, that for tracker a second, yeah. thing. It stops and then goes through the shield at a slow speed and then does it. And the yeah. reason that it's a slow speed is because apparently, according to this explanation, and this is the one thing that we don't see, is if you if you program the shield to um for too slow then you actually don't get any air because it stops the particles in the air as well so oh, it's got to be wow. so it's got to be it, it's got to let in a slow enough projectile that you can actually like breathe and still live but yeah. um a high enough velocity that it stops other things so mm. that's why they all use daggers and things like that. and again this is all explained in the movie without any explanation yeah, whatsoever yeah yeah you're you, right like, you do see all of that and it's fantastic just back to the fighting choreography so roger ewan who who was the fight coordinator for this i mean talks in, in length about what he wanted to achieve and you you picked up on the hallway sequence which was the best example of what i'm about to talk about which is the fighting styles of the different houses you know you've got atreides apparently what they use is a, is like a kind of filipino kind of fighting technique um, which, which you know, I don't really know anything about the fighting techniques, but it's very different to the Harkonnen, which is an ancient Mongolian. But what he was interested in was the diversity in how the two different individuals will move against each other to, to fight, to counter, and then co-counter each other yeah. during that. And that's why I think the fight sequence in the hallway was, I don't know if you thought this too, but there was something, it was, it was a fight, a one guy versus a group of people, but it was... It was never particularly comfortable. It was quite jarring a lot of the time. And it just, not only were these different people from different worlds having different agendas, but the way that they interact with each other seemed a little bit disjointed, I felt, and a little bit like unnerving and you weren't comfortable. It wasn't flowing. You know, like two people fighting the same martial arts styles. There was a, yeah. there was a lot of like, it was quite jarring and quite... Um, fast and physical at some points and then as you say you know quite slow and methodical at other times and i thought it was very clever and when i learned about the coordination it enhanced how i thought back about that sequence and as you say like i want to watch that one again and really just like get into it i think there's a lot in fight chord like um you know choreography and coordination and and i and i don't give it nearly as much time a day but i think if anyone's gonna you know if there's any sort of like entry level this is what you should be looking for and this is what it is i do think that hallway fight sequence has a yeah, lot of yeah, nuance yeah. to it and there's a yeah. lot going on that we probably aren't aware of so yeah that, that's what i thought but yeah it was great i loved that stuff um but i think we're nearly done mate i mean the only yeah. the, the only last thing that i just wanted to say was around dune 2 uh, you know we obviously oh, yeah. and, the, and the prequel series so i did mention it when you mentioned um the ben gesserit or ben what how do you pronounce ben gesserit yeah um, so obviously the, the prequel series is going to be on HBO Max. It's called Dune Sisterhood. Is that um, going to happen before part two comes out? I don't know. That's the fact I don't have to hand. I would imagine if they were going to do it properly, then yes is the answer. Well, no. If they were going to do it properly, they should have doubled down and filmed this back to back. I thought think? that. Totally agree. But they do you haven't, not think? have they? No, they haven't. And do you know why? It's because it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. And Warner Brothers... Oh, in case you didn't horrendous. know, in case you didn't oh. know, in case you didn't know, Warner Brothers are the fucking worst. So, so just to just to translate what you're saying, I think what you're saying is there is a you know there is a chance that if this movie had flopped, didn't work for whatever reason, Warner Brothers wouldn't have done. They the just sequel. wouldn't have done it. Fucking hell! And fuck that, right? Yeah. No, 
And you you know how we know that? It's because they only announced that That's part, really problematic. Do you, and they only announced that part two was greenlit last week after they already knew it was good. That's so problematic. It's so bad, isn't that it? Actually, that actually lowers the quality of the movie. Dennis Villeneuve would be fucking livid at that. I would yeah. be livid. That's horrendous. Yeah, isn't it? What a isn't sour it? way to end such a great review of movie. I know, <laughs> right? Mate. No, but but, but it should have. But I, I, I'm just. I really, really hope that they just give him carte blanche. Like, do whatever you need to do to absolutely stick this second part. Yeah, and he will because do. because the problem with not doing it in the same production is you might not have exactly the same people. Well, I thought that. Like, what if Hans Zimmer doesn't back whatever? I mean, it, it, they could. You could recycle stuff. Like you could bring another composer. You recycle. could, but that, but that lowers the quality. Totally, that, totally. That, that lowers the integrity of. Has there the, ever been a good example? Has there ever been a good example of that happening? Dare I say, Solo? Uh, I mean, Star Star Wars has kind of graduated to and Harry Potter Four: The Goblet of Fire. Who was it that, that did that? The um, bloody bloody the Scottish guy. Um, Oh, Patrick Doyle. Patrick Doyle, yeah. That, Patrick I Doyle. That, I, Patrick I, I also, I, I also don't think Harry Potter is a good example of that because obviously the tone and the music matures as the characters, right. You know, grow up. So, you know, yeah. you can you can endlessly explain those things. There must be, there must be an example of this, but I, I just, I just feel like the way that this movie end ended, right? The way mm. that this movie ended, which very much reminded me of the ending of uh, Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers. I thought and, the Two Towers more. Uh, well, Two Towers more, but the point of the fact that. Uh, this movie is not self-contained in a beginning, middle, and end, mm, is mm, it? Mm, mm. This is very much halfway through the story, like, yeah. and you feel that in the pacing, and you yeah, feel yeah. that in the pacing of the movie, um, and you know, likewise in Fellowship and Two Towers, you expect when you reach Two Towers or Return of the King that you just pick up exactly where you left off, and I expect that from dune part two yeah definitely and so you really 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 need consistency from part mm. one and part two if you're going to structure it like that yeah i thought the pacing was a, was all right with the movie there was a there's a little dip sort of at i the mean it's of, slow paced it's yeah. slow paced there was a little, there was I, a little I, slow but it was it was ultimately very good uh, yeah. yeah no cool, totally agree hey well it is what it is it is what it is two thumbs two thumbs mate easy two Ooh. thumbs and also can i just say yeah for, for the second for Permission the second to time for the, for the second time in as many weeks. Actually, no, because we didn't do it last week. It was the week before. Could this be a best original score? Oh, yeah, yeah, it could do. Do you think it could be? Yeah, it could be. Has, has Zimmer's won before, hasn't he? Uh, I think he got Gladiator. Ah, that's that's not a lot. Did he not get it for Dunkirk? No, I don't think he's not. He's... I don't. He's not as celebrated as you'd may, as you might think. Yeah, that's fair. As far that's as fair. as far as award as far as awards go, yeah, but, but this this, could this be there. might be the one. But I f- I feel like there are so many. There are a lot of other Hans Zimmer scores that could have been celebrated as much. And I don't know if I would say that this one is that much better than all mm, of those. Mm. But I think that's a quality. That that's the quality of what Hans Zimmer can bring to a project, not mm. what he always brings to a project. Because obviously, as we said, there are a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm. a few not so great ones out there mm-hmm. but um if this was on that list would not be surprised don't yeah. know if i would don't know if i would let it win but i would not i would might not be surprised if it was nominated fair enough <laughs>
moving forward? Yeah, let's go. Um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, and we, you know, we're behind the curve on a few things here, as we always are. I think it's down to our when we record. I think it's um, yeah. the hey, like it's one of these ones. Um, yeah, well, what can we say? This isn't our day job. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Always thinking that. Have you, have you, um, have you got sort of a few things to to bring to moving forward? Well, I mean, I think I feel like a big thing up top yeah, is uh, yeah, yeah. talk about Mr. Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was. I was wondering, you know, I think I don't think we should I don't think we should linger on it. But no, no, definitely, definitely, you know, definitely not. I'm, you know, huge, hugely sad, um, basically, you know, from from uh, from the loss of um, Helena Hutchins, who was who was, you know, tragically shot in a in a in a a misfire. What was what was believed to have been a cold, a cold weapon that was given that that turns out wasn't um, obviously a huge, huge inquiry taking place for a lot of that. But I think, you know. Uh, very very sad to lose to lose such a, a fantastic cinematographer um I, I i'm not sure if we we've heard uh, any updates from the director as well but um i i, I guess in these situations no news is good news right um, um yeah kind of i mean you know this story has been you know on my mind for you know the last week or week, mm. uh, since it's since, since it happened and it's it's such a sour one because it's something that should never ever be allowed to happen. Yeah, and it has should obviously it? happened ha- happened before. You know, with um, I think it was Bruce Lee's son um, on the filming of The Crow in '93. Uh, yeah, something similar happened. But but I think that you know it's it isn't just one incident from from I think something that's that's coming out. It's not one isolated incident that's caused this. It's been a series of mismanagements and mishandlings. You know, there's a whole yeah. procedure that goes through. You know, between of one person checks the gun, another person comes in to recheck it. You know, a- any blank or 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 you know ar- you know artificial firearm yeah. on any set is is always guarded twenty four seven. Yeah, you know, what, they always are. What by has person. been what has been reported on. Uh, which has been very, very interesting, is the level of measures that they have in place and the yeah. level of checks that they have in place for, you know, for firearms and yeah, movies yeah, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And it really made me think, like, because a lot of people were like, there needs to be bigger be- uh, bigger and better, you know, safety checks and all of that. And I was looking at all this and I'm going, no, the, no it doesn't. It, no, no, uh, no, this, no, isn't, no it this doesn't. doesn't happen. This, this doesn't happen really, that much. This is a very, is, very rare incident. This is really, like, airtight. There shouldn't be anything that goes through it. That, that you know, that's people doing their jobs yeah yeah exactly I, you know, and, and it's like anywhere you know people you can put up as many signs and posters and everything around you know on train platforms you, you, people are still sadly going to fall you know now and again would you, you stop trains no it's a very highly regulated you know environment there's there's obviously things you know people driving you know at one point no, making it is. at is incidents could happen at like this any day but but i think what's also important to bring to light was obviously there's been quite a, a few um, you know, near near strikes in Hollywood. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the, the, a lot of um, the, the 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 sort of um, oh, what's the word for them? Um, oh, unions of 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 crew members and stuff were were threatening yeah. to go on strike because of the just the the horrible conditions that they're put through. You know, like you you you'll have union. Um, so you'll have crew members who are rocking up to you know, parts of the country that they're not familiar from, miles, miles, or hundred miles away from their family and home, told they're sleeping in hotels and stuff, not give, not, not being given hotels. There's reports of them, you know, traveling hundreds of miles, you know, sorry, 50 miles round trips to get to yeah. the filming, to stand around all day, yeah. you know, to be, to be a part of the crew, to be a part of this process, getting paid very, very little. You know, I, I, I think that, it, you know, it's very clear that tying those two events, you know, this, this, this big, 
there's a lot of palpable tension right now with with that in Hollywood. No, there is, and it, and it, and in this particular instance, there were walk-offs. On yeah, that, there's been on a lot of walk-offs with, yeah. uh, on on this film where this incident well, occurred. I mean, twenty four hours before, due to yeah. set safety, so yeah. due to set safety concerns, and so it's obvious. So it seems obvious to me that what's at fault here is you know people are cutting corners yeah, to save yeah, to totally. save costs overwork overworking the people mm-hmm. and if you overwork if you overwork people um and not make them feel safe at work then they're not going to do their jobs properly yeah and, and that's and, not and not and that's not a choosing not to do their jobs properly they're just not going to do their jobs properly. something yeah. will slip through the cracks and then something like this which should never be allowed to happen will happen yeah so and i suppose uh, it's a Stop being greedy bastards. Yeah. Pay your people properly. Just pay people properly. Exactly. Pay people yeah. properly and just, you know, take it. And obviously, you know, Helena Hutchins sadly has died. And, you know, the the, the director of the movie, um, you know, I, I don't actually have his, have his hand here, but he, you know, he is in hospital. But like, I don't know, many people are saying this right now. And obviously it's a, maybe it's not the, the first thing to think of, but you know, poor Alec Baldwin. You know, oh, he, really? yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy... You'll never recover from that. You, how can you? How can you recover no, from that? I, you know, you start to th- you start to try and get a little bit of empathy for it to like maybe you know imagine yourself in that situation. It just gets very horrific, very yeah, very quickly yeah. in your head. Like I was like, oh my god, I can't even imagine dealing with those kind of, with with that kind of situation. Yeah, That's yeah. It, it's just horrific. Horrific. Anyway, well, I mean, let's 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 move 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 forward a little bit. Um, let's talk about the big trailer this week, Alex. Oh God! Which one's the big trailer? Because I've got an idea of what what I think the big trailer is. I know but... you know what the big trailer is because there's a star man waiting in the sky. <laughs> oh, this was great! This oh, was really I good. I didn't know I wanted this as much. I didn't as I know. Did. I, that's what I thought when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, I didn't know that I wanted this at all. Yeah, uh, Buzz Lightyear, a Buzz Lightyear movie. It's cool. It's a great idea, right? It looks it's cool. Great. There's a few shots of him without the suit and how they've chosen to because the whole yeah. like the whole body type of Buzz Lightyear has always been something that's been a bit of a meme. Yeah, like his yeah. chin is massive yeah. and his head is, and all of that. But somehow they've managed to pull it, it off. It looks great. Well, like he looks he'll... a bit Chris Evans-esque, doesn't he? There's a lot of like Captain America. Bit, yeah. Obviously it is him that's voicing him. There's a lot of Captain America jokes and stuff. It looks great. I it thought... looks really, really fun. I genuinely can't wait for this. And do you know what? It, it made me go onto the internet and find i don't know if you had this on vhs back in the day but around the time when toy story 2 came out two, yeah they did a buzz lightyear kind of animated disney tv series yeah, yeah, yeah. and they took the first three episodes and they made sort of like a feature length hour-long cartoon movie yeah, yeah. About it, and it's called um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command: Star The Adventure Command. Begins, uh-huh. and it is phenomenal. And oh, I found really? and I found it on the internet because it's not on Disney Plus because for some reason Disney don't like this show, and I don't uh-huh. know why. Um, hopefully it comes onto Disney Plus soon because I think it's a little hidden gem. I think it's glorious. Um, Evil Emperor Zerg is played by this really over the top English melodramatic. Villain, sure. yeah. and it's 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 beautiful. There's 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 a line in the TV series where like he invades he invades a planet and he tells his minions to go um uh capture the women and children first, and then he and then he announces uh, I'm a <laughs> I'm an equal opportunist uh, slaver. <laughs> and it's just like there's a lot of really 
amazing jokes that come out of his mouth is really really brilliant and i don't know if we're getting getting zerg ah we will of course we will we can't not get zerg in this. isn't that nuts how we're all like yeah obviously zerg will be in this we kind of know the yeah. lore of this character before even seeing a movie of but it. that's it's weird just, isn't it yeah, it's weird it is but weird. that is weird another because it's meta, lore another meta um thing that i think might happen is i wonder if at the end of this movie we're going to watch andy leave the cinema Andy leaves us in. Yeah. As in, like, he leaves and he goes and buys Buzz Lightyear. Uh, and it's him, you know, times are, what was it, everything's changing. That kind of, um, the piece of music that Randy Newman does. Strange oh, I see. things are happening. I wonder if, like, that'll be, like, the thing no. that kicks that off. Nah, um, I'm I'm saying no to that, and the reason I'm saying no to that, one, isn't it? Yeah. The, the reason I'm saying no to that is because the computer animation in this movie looks absolutely phenomenal, doesn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. it, it looks so crisp. Like, yeah. it, it just looks incredible. And I think the idea of young Andy, who is me, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and I know we all think that because we all... T- the, the, the three good Toy Story movies, yeah. <laughs> one, two, and three, because four is fine, they they were our childhood yeah, those those movies them. came out and andy and those movies were the same age as we were when we went to see those movies yeah, and yeah. so you do grow up with that character so i think the idea of younger andy seeing a much more polished computer animated movie as if he was that age but in 2021 mm. would kind of ruin it for me maybe that's just me being a little bit yeah but i don't know maybe, maybe it is me but i'm no, i'm really looking forward to seeing this um there's a few other little trailers that dropped or a few other trailers that just want to did you see the, the ambulance trailer michael bay no did you I see didn't. this one looks all right um <clears throat> it's set i think it's joseph gordon levy i'm not actually quite sure who's in it but basically the plot of um a bank heist or a bank robbery that, that that either goes wrong or right and then they end up commandeering an ambulance it seems like it was jake gyllenhaal sorry um, oh, okay it's jake gyllenhaal um, I think a lot of people get them mixed up. It's quite funny. Yeah, sorry, but it, but it looks it looks really great. Um, and I'm looking forward to this movie. Actually, it's um, yeah, it's set for February eighteenth, um, twenty twenty two. Watch the trailer. It it looks like uh, a Michael Bay movie, but like a little bit more grounded than his usual movies are. Um, right. Okay. So I'm quite I'm looking forward to that because I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because we get you know they're not they're not grounded at all. His movies are they? He does do so much shit, doesn't he? Oh, a lot of shit a lot, of, lot shit. of shit but speaking of one other fun trailer that i that i saw um who, who's the guy who's in um who plays ash in evil dead oh what's his what's you his are name? so asking the wrong guy no it, it's um <laughs> bruce campbell have you seen the bruce campbell the, the the new film he's he's got coming out it's a kind of like a zombie it's called black friday um but it's apparently it's it's absolutely brilliant um, it's Casey Tebow who actually directs a lot of this stuff. So he's like very, very meta. He's done a sort of lot of like weird, weird sort of movies. Um, but basically this is like, uh, th- this is like a story of like, uh, like a Walmart sort of thing in America during Black Friday and all the people that okay. are trying to come in, yeah, like, yeah. you know, zombies like, Oh, coming in for the sales or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, and then it, it, it looks mental. It looks really, really good fun. But I saw the trailer of this, but I think it's already out now. Or I think it's just been a re- release now. Um, but I just love Bruce Campbell in anything, you know, like, yeah. you know, you know, he was in all the spider, like he's such a good friends of like Sam Raimi. He was in all the yeah. original Spider-Man movies. He uh, was going to, okay. he was going to play Magneto. He played um, obviously Ash in the evil dead movies. Okay. And he looks, he looks like crazy and like unhinged in this. And he's great. I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, that, that was another trailer that I saw. 
uh, yeah. with, the, with the Black Friday stuff. I saw a little fun trailer that I'm, that I'm sure you saw as well, which, which was uh, the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Gal Gadot. Oh, okay. Yeah, no? they're doing a. They're doing. Um, well, what's it called? They're doing a movie. The yes, I know. I, I don't notice. know. Red Notice. Yeah, yes. Red Notice. Yeah, 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 yeah. it is Red Notice. I, I've not it's seen it. It's a Netflix yet. movie. Yeah, I knew it was coming out. Yeah. And it basically looks like a very, very, very silly action romp that's probably terrible, but not in a bad way. Yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. That, that <laughs> um, where, you know, she's, she's the greatest art thief in the world. Ryan Reynolds is the second greatest art thief in the world. And again, we're putting this squarely in that Ryan Reynolds has found his absolute, like, um you know his his character that he has played mm-hmm. since deadpool and he's doing it again mm. and uh that's really funny and i love ryan reynolds i love gal gadot and i love dwayne and rock johnson yeah <laughs> and so i'm gonna watch this when it drops on netflix and it'll probably be very very silly but i think i'm, I think I'm gonna enjoy it alex Hayden Christensen has been announced to appear in the Ashoka series. Ashoka, in the Ashoka. Ashoka series. I can't actually pronounce it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. This is exciting. Are you excited is by it? this? Are we yeah. going to get some... What's this going to look like? I mean, they're going to de-age them, right? Are they going to do some like Clone Wars stuff? What do you think oh, is going to happen here? Well, Because we've know. never really seen a live action of those two on screen. Like That was obviously heavily reinforced during the Clone Wars series. It's now totally canon, so they're going to double down on this, aren't they? Yeah, I there's, mean... There's no hint of her in the prequels. Yeah, so if I had to guess, I would say you Force Ghost. Guess. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to make you having to guess. But that, yeah, no, no, Force no. Ghost would work. If, if I had to guess, I would say Force Ghost because if they do Clone Wars in live action, then that's not going to be young Ahsoka because no. in, in, it, it wouldn't be Rosario Dawson. No, it wouldn't. It would, be, have right. to be, some, it would have to be someone else. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's Force Ghost because Hayden Christensen still looks young. Like, you know, you, 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 get, you get him to grow his hair out. Yeah, he no. looks like he looks like he would have been. Look, yeah, yeah, he, he looks like uh, he, I'm the same annoyed, as I'm how... kind of annoyed that we know this though, because that would have been a really cool. That would have been really cool. Just like yeah, yeah it just it just appears as like a is like a you know the. It really would have been cool, but it's it's kind of the same speculation of what role he's going to play in the Obi Wan Kenobi series, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know whether or not they've kind of they've kind of backed themselves into a corner here with the, specifically the obi-wan kenobi series because everyone was like oh how are they, they going to do force ghost and then they're going to do flashback for obi-wan kenobi and th- there's a small part of me that maybe thinks hayden christensen is literally just the guy in the suit well maybe or that, that, that yeah, literally and, just the and, guy in the suit but, but and they're going to do prosthetics when he takes his his um his mask off and stuff because he's pretty early doors into his suit i think they'll do a couple of mask off sequences of Darth a Vader. couple of masks off yeah, yeah okay cool i mean that might be that might be quite cool but i i i i do fear that it's one of those situations kind of like you know the toby Maguire, andrew garfield uh, mm. in spider-man sort of thing yeah, where yeah. maybe the fan base kind of overhypes a yeah, certain yeah, piece yeah, of casting yeah. to and they want you know something else when actually it, it might not be that not at be all that. yeah yeah um so i don't know but in the case of ahsoka i think if you watch the clone wars which i know you haven't well really, i tried they're difficult man i don't yeah 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 who has the time? It's yeah, it's very much. It I is know. extracurricular. I did try. It is extracurricular. I'm not going to force you to watch it, but it, I did try. It, it, it is good if you get into it. But 
Ahsoka and Anakin have a very special kind of relationship and you couldn't do Ahsoka and Anakin where Anakin is just Darth Vader. Like yeah. you have to be Anakin in some way, which yeah, is why yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be force ghosty because it's different with Obi-Wan because obviously he becomes... We've seen the relationship. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, see, yeah. We, we see what it does to the relationship when he becomes Darth Vader. And so in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we're going to see like the the continuation of that and that's kind of that's really tantalizing but with ahsoka they don't have that mm. which is why i think force ghost mm, which enough. is cool i like yeah. that the last thing and you touched on it toby mcguire and garfield i think next week we're getting a spider-man no way home trailer like a proper full trailer i'm too. so nervous i'm no i'm so nervous about this because this might be a make or break moment where yeah. i get proven right or spectacularly wrong yeah about yeah. about the two of them either be, being in it or not in it but i'm pretty sure it's going to be next week that trailer comes out I and mean, that's what i've been hearing the rumblings of so i mean you, by the time this comes out the, the trailer might have already dropped so sadly yeah. not seen it but um, i know we do have a horror <laughs> trailers always like come out just at the either wrong the, time either, for us, the, eh? either the day after we record something or the day after we re- release an episode <laughs> yeah, and we're always yeah, like yeah. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're always out everyone thinks we're a week behind on this shit and we're yeah, not we're just we're just <laughs> it's just the timing anyway alex what do they have to do now right now they've got to get themselves onto the apple podcast app find us on there and give us a cheeky little five star rating if you please you can also leave us a review on there if you want if you don't want to leave us a review you can tell us your favorite movie your favorite movie soundtrack we love to see read and hear anything you've got to tell us Mm. Uh, what's the next bit something about um getting in touch with the show getting in touch with the show oh no something you can find us on like lots of other yeah podcast apps that yeah this like is going well but, oh god it started so well i was it flowing was, well it was like there was a rhythm to it it's like when you play sheet music like if you just let the muscle mute the muscle memory of the music play but the moment you start thinking about what you're doing and saying you stop oh, thinking, you lose your think, space. thinking about music is the cardinal sin you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't exactly. do that you know you gotta just plow onward no we're on uh, acast app spotify i usually do it the other way around whatever yeah um if you want to get more direct amazon co- as well amazon apparently oh, yeah, amazon, yeah, yeah. There's amazon podcasting Google, apparently, pretty much yeah. everything pretty much yeah, everything um you can all if you want to get more directly in talk, oh my god fail you know what you're doing get I in know. touch with the show i'll do this bit motionspod okay, at gmail.com is how you can get more in touch with the show and yeah. um, we're also on the gram we're, we're posting up some nice images and thank you very very much to our wonderful graphics designer ktc graphics design there's a link just below just just below all this information that you can see on this episode description and alex what else is there there what else is there there well well, it's not going to be there because you have to listen to the podcast to actually get it. But oh, okay, no, there's um, the link. But oh, sorry, but yeah, but it's, it's yeah. all the clue. All the clues are here. I know, <laughs> I know, like but I'm just bit, clarifying. Yeah, okay, okay, it's okay, not clarify, actually going to be written below. Right. But if you fancy to get one of our um, wall prints of you know your favorite movie musical kind of quotes and mm. things like that, and they're really rather lovely, um, you can get a twenty percent discount as a listener of the podcast if you enter the code MotionsPod20 at checkout. Which that is it. Um, and just before we go, is it is are we last night in Sohoing or Eternals in? Oh, let me ch- let me check the notes. Okay. Well, opening, opening we're gonna notes. we're gonna do this offline. It's gonna be one of the two. You'll see it drop. Um, thank you very very much for listening. And until then, bye now. All right, guys, ta ta. 